Thank you very much. Uh, I wish everyone the greeting of peace. Assalamu alaikum. And the translation is peace be upon you. Uh, this is the first time seeing Iqbal in, in about 10 years. We went to Turkey together almost exactly 10 years ago. I encourage everyone, if you get the chance, to, to go to Turkey. I'm not Turkish, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, but Turkey is a country very easy to fall in love with. It's very, very rich in terms of its, its culture and history. So uh, we have a little bit of time. Uh, I'm going to just speak briefly about Ramadan itself and then open the floor for questions about anything and everything. And, and so the core belief of the Muslims, as we saw some of this up here, is that there is no God, lowercase g, but God, capital G. In simple language, we're saying that Islam is a monotheist tradition. Every tradition that believes that there is a creator of the world believes in the same divine. And at Loyola, a few weeks ago, I hosted some Christians from the Arab world. And when they were speaking of the divine in Arabic, they were using the name Allah to speak of the divine. And so don't think of Allah as, as so much a foreign word, but for our purposes, I will use God and the divine. And the second part, the second foundation of Islamic belief, is that the divine communicates with humanity with specific people who are appointed with the job of calling everyone back to the divine, and those people are prophets. And the last of those prophets is the prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him. So in Islamic tradition, the first prophet is Adam. And I'll give you some Arabic names of these other prophets, see if you recognize them from, from biblical tradition. So another prophet is Nuh. What does that sound like? Noah, Suleiman, Solomon, Dawood, David, Musa, Moses, Isa, Jesus. Uh, also in Islamic tradition, John the Baptist is Yahya. He is also a prophet, all with the same exact uh, mission, the same exact work. We said the completion of prophethood is the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And then the foundation of the Islamic tradition in terms of worship and practice are what we call the five pillars. And I won't go into too much detail about them. We're specifically here for one pillar. But the first pillar of Islam is the declaration of faith. This is where you declare that there is no God but God. Muhammad is a messenger of God. And that takes just a moment to do. And the second pillar are the daily prayers that Muslims, as we saw, we pray five times a day, depending upon where the sun is in the sky. And the third prayer, the third pillar, and the third pillar is the fasting of the month of Ramadan, which I will speak more about in a moment. And the fourth pillar is an annual charity, the zakat that Muslims give to those who are in need. And the fifth pillar is the pilgrimage to Mecca that every Muslim who is able is obliged to uh, perform at least once in their lifetime. Now, it's very easy to remember these five pillars, not necessarily by the names, but by the fact that time is built into every single one of these pillars. So it takes a moment to do the declaration of faith. The five daily prayers, a moment a day. The month of Ramadan, so a moment a day, a month. And then the annual charity. And then pilgrimage, once in a lifetime. A moment a day, a month, a year, a lifetime. So time is built into the whole tradition, the idea that time is moving forward. Now when we speak of Ramadan, we're taught that this month has three periods. The first ten days, the second ten days, and the last part of the month. And we're taught that the first ten days is a period of mercy. And the second 10 days is a period of, of forgiveness. And the third 10 days, 9 or 10 days, is a period of 
turning to or seeking what is offered in terms of the bounties of paradise. But what do we mean by that? The analogy of fasting, as Iqbal mentioned, we fast sun up to sundown. So these days it's about 16 hours, no food, no water. And what happens to you after a day of fasting? The analogy of fasting in the Quran Sa'ihah is to travel. So imagine you're on the road for 16 hours nonstop. How will you feel at the end of one day? Exhausted. Okay. And then you rest in a, in, a, in a motel. And then you're on the road again for another 16 hours. How will you feel after two days of this? Even more exhausted. And what is taking place day after day after day? You're being completely depleted. And what really happens? You begin to see your real personality. Okay. And thus, this is a period of mercy. This is a chance for the believer to discover who or what they really are. And this leads then into the next phase of Ramadan, the phase of forgiveness, that now the process of fasting is something you're accustomed to. Right now we're about halfway into the month of Ramadan, so for many of us in this room, we're already used to it by now, even though those of you who would know my voice, my voice is usually a lot stronger right now, you can hear the weakness in my voice, which makes my family very happy. But the point I'm making here is that in the second phase of Ramadan, fasting is stable, the month is stable, and now you are taking a moment to introspect. What is it that I need to work on in terms of my relationship with the divine? What is it that I need to work on in terms of my relationship with other people? It'll be wide open. So all the big problems in American society, we also have within our own selves. So a common issue would be anger. So much anger in our society that leads to so much violence. Or lack of gratitude. We are the wealthiest country perhaps in the history of the world. Yet there's a lack of gratitude for that wealth. Or it might be sloth. Or it might be doubt in belief. You will see it taking place within you in Ramadan. And now in this next period, to focus on personal transformation, the first step to do to turn back to the divine is to seek forgiveness from the divine. The idea of repentance, tawbah, uh, repentance means essentially what? I've turned away from you, dear God, now I'm turning back to you. Okay. And then we get into the final phase of Ramadan where the gates of paradise are open. And now the believer is looking to the end of Ramadan and looking to the next 11 months. These things that I've identified in myself that I need to work on, how will I work to resolve them so that when I approach Ramadan again a year from now, I go through the same cycle and I discover things even deeper within myself. And then I go through another Ramadan a year after that and I discover things even deeper within myself. And this process we call purification. So in a nutshell, what is Ramadan for us? Ramadan is our boot camp. Ramadan is a period of intense focus on transformation. So having said that, uh, I want to open up the floor for any types of questions, whether it's about Ramadan, whether it's about fasting or Islam in general. Uh, and I teach undergrads, so don't worry about offending me with any questions. You're welcome to ask anything and everything. So we'll open the floor for any types of questions. Okay. Any questions? How many of you are Cub fans? Raise your hand. Cub fans. No Cub fans. Okay. Okay. Two, three, four. Okay. All right. Any questions? Here. Any questions? Okay. <laughs> Any question here? Question here? Okay. Cub fans. Any questions from this table over here? 
my speech was so profound, everyone understood everything. There's no more questions. Oh, good question. So the Islamic calendar is a lunar calendar. We know that the new month has begun when we see the very first crescent of the moon. That's when a new month begins. And the end result is that the Islamic year is about a week and a half shorter than our Gregorian year. So imagine if both our year and the Islamic calendar began on the same day. At the end of the year, the Islamic year will end about a week and a half early which means the new year will be about a week and a half early. So the calendar keeps moving compared to ours. So right now it's in the summertime. And it takes, uh, I forgot how many years for it to make a complete loop. I think about 36 years. 36 years, yeah. And so we fasted in the middle of winter where, where you break fast at 4.30. We fast here. These are the longest days of the entire year. And it also depends on where you are in, in the rest of the world. Their fasts are shorter or longer. In, in London, I think their fasts are about 20 hours. But it does move. Any other questions? We still have time till dinner or till it's time. So we can take questions. We are here. Okay. Ramadan is on the lunar calendar. I know that in the, uh, in the Jewish religion, they say their, their year is 4,327. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Is there a year that's given to the Muslim calendar? Yeah, we are in the year 1438. And this is traced to a moment in the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, where he migrates from the city of his birth to another city in Medina. And that's looked at as the actual moment that everything really began. So sometimes we Muslims joke that, you know, we're still living in the 15th century, and we're proud of it. Okay, nobody got that joke. All right. Any, any other questions? Yeah. No, it's also funny. I have a silly question. Um, but you were saying it's, um, you know, about the month of Ramadan, that's it. Sure. So, so what, what happens if you're if you're living in Sweden or in the North Pole, where the days might be six months long? You have to fast for six months, and you can't eat or drink. <laughs> right? yeah. no, the, so, so the uh, the conclusion that Islamic scholars came to was to look for a town that has a normal-ish day and follow their timings, and so. Whatever, whatever is a nearby town you have communication with, if they have a normal length day, you follow their timings for the prayers as well as for the fasting. Good question. Yeah. Any other question? Questions? You can write them down if you don't want to speak up. Okay, I guess you're good. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you very much for your time.